0: Ladies and gentlemen, how do?
1: You are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse films. So buckle
2: up and enjoy the ride.
0: <laughs> Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's going to get you. I'm just crazy about this story. I've been expecting you, you thought under me was a heavy metal tan. <laughs> i take my diaper!
3: <laughs> Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. In this episode, as always, we'll be chatting with Jerry and Noah Chandler, talking about things going on behind the scenes here at Synapse Films. And our special guest this month is returning guest from the Cinema Degeneration Podcast, Mr. Cameron Scott. Cameron and I discuss the Synapse release of the film Popcorn. But before we get to that, I'd like to send a special shout out to my friends, Michael and Casey, otherwise and better known as Dead Dick Hammer and Dead Doreen from Dead Dick Hammer and the TBA Band dead dick hammer and the tba band just happen to be the group performing this show's intro music so if you enjoy the music that you hear on every episode as it opens look up dead dick hammer and the tba band and the song is called resurrection from the record resurrection so look for that and hello michael and casey and it was great to see you guys and angie and i hope to see you again very soon we enjoyed our visit we have a jammed pack episode so without further ado let us welcome in synapse films co-owner mr jerry chandler hey jerry hey tim how are you doing today i am doing excellent um if you're listening to this, uh, for the first week that we are releasing this, we will be at Flashback this weekend. And then there is, let's see, Horror Hound coming up. And let's see, you'll find Synapse. Where else, Jerry? Um, That'll be at Horror Hound and Flash. Oh, at, and at Cinema Wasteland, correct?
0: Yep. We're going to be at Cinema Wasteland the same weekend. We're going to be up in Toronto at the show that uh, Louis Cerise puts on. And we're also continuing our conquest of Canada with, uh, we're gonna be at, I believe it's called Frightmare in the Falls at Niagara Falls in October. So please make sure you come see us there because uh, it's gonna be awesome. I've never been to Niagara Falls myself, but we're gonna be on the Canadian side and it should be a lot of fun. We're doing really, really well in Canada. You know, the uh, the fans are very appreciative that we've actually made the effort this year to get over there and to, because, the you know, the freight is so expensive when they order stuff from us, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about too. I did see that, and I, I'm not very aware of the details of this event, but I did see that Sean and Carol were at the Fantasia International Film Festival. And did they play, was it, Blue Sunshine? Yes, they did. The, the, the restoration of that, how did that all
0: go? Amazingly well, and it's been getting, you know, people have been reviewing it, uh, and they've been, you know, of course, they say wonderful things about it. So, yeah, it was a really good show. Uh, Carol and uh, Sean did that show, because Don and, Don had a surgery, and I was, uh, I had things, commitments that I, I couldn't get uh, out to Montreal. So, uh, Sean and Carol went on our behalf and they, they really did great. And they had a great time too. So maybe we'll go again next year. Who knows? Uh, how is Don? Don's doing well. He's doing well. He made it through the, the, you know, the second surgery and, uh, you know, he's on the road to recovery. So we all got our fingers crossed and, um, you know, hopefully I know he's not going to be in Chicago at flashback. But maybe he can, uh, you know, horror hound Cincinnati is coming up. Maybe he can make that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, could you please wish him a
3: belated happy birthday as well? And I'm glad to hear that he is on the road to recovery and the surgery went well. Um, a couple of things here, Jerry. Just wanted to remind everybody that you and I uh, did release the Impulse Pictures podcast as a bonus episode on this show and thank you everyone for listening to it so far and go check that out if you haven't yet uh let's see oh and also on the website jerry on the synapse films website you're going to be proud of me i (laughs) scrolled down to the very bottom of the first page on the synapse films website and i am now an official newsletter recipient
0: Wow. Ah, <laughs> yes. So did bells and whistles come up, go off. Are you number ten thousand or something? I don't know, but I felt proud. I had a
3: glow okay. about me the rest of the day. I really did nice. so. Uh, although I like people to come here and find out their information, about synapse uh we are the official podcast but i am certainly far from the final authority on what's going on here and if you would like to know things that are going on about the synapse films and the discs that are coming out and everything go to the home page on the synapse films website and right down at the bottom you can sign up for the newsletter and then you can stay up to date on everything and then you can come here and listen to us expand on that
0: you know what would be interesting for people, and it's, it, you know, it depends if there's anybody out there. You know, the newsletter is written exclusively by Don, and I do most of the talking on the podcast. So if you want to hear from both of us, because we have, you know, we're Business partners, so we have two unique uh, perspectives on the business from different. We're coming from different places, you know. I'm from the business end, and Don's from the technical end. So, if you like the podcast, I would urge you to uh, sign up for the newsletter because it'll give you a, maybe a, a, a different spin on the same information. So,
3: sure. So, uh, let's see. We have a couple things coming out. Uh, Tenebrae, how is that going? I did see some of the the street, the official street date. I guess got pushed back a little bit because of uh, some shipping issues, and it's going fast, right? Yeah, you know,
0: the official street day got pushed back because one of the big retailers, the biggest retailer, has to receive uh, the titles about three weeks so they could get them to store shelves so everybody has them on the same day. And when they finally got their shipment from a replicator, MVD decided, eh, you know what, it's a little too close. Rather than angering certain people, you know, whether it be the stores or the fans or whoever, they decide, you know we'll push it back seven days and everyone will have it and we won't have to rush and everything will be fine. So there you have it. The other thing is all the mail orders, you know, we took over from CAV and Noah and I got all the orders shipped out for both covers. And Noah, I said to Noah, what are you doing? I, you know, she's leaning on. I, She goes, for every one of these orders, I'm sending a personal email with tracking and everything so everybody knows that it's shipping and when they're going to get it. And that, I mean, it's really great. So that's all we did for about uh, three or four days. We came in early, we left late, and I spent half the day going back and forth to the post office But we got everybody's shipments out. Everybody who ordered from the Synapse website.
3: Once once again, Jerry, if everything there at the office is slow and boring, you guys are throwing paper airplanes at each other. Not (laughs) nothing going on. No hard work going on at all, right?
0: (laughs) Oh man, I had to put everything else on hold for three or four days. And on top of that, if you could imagine, I got in over the course of two weeks, thirty-nine forty two pound boxes that you know we keep everything upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, <laughs> my back. <laughs> I mean that the, that is so heavy. That is really, really, really heavy. Uh, I was say, so, were you yeah. walking like
3: Fritz from Frankenstein? Well, I tried that, to get yeah.
0: CAV to ship like three or four boxes a day, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure they did. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. postal system will destroy any plans you care to make. <laughs> right. And so there'd be days where I wouldn't get anything, and then days where twelve boxes would show up, and uh-huh. it's like yeah <laughs> right but you know what's great is we didn't get any shipping complaints
3: well that's good that's none good. yeah yeah it's really good it's good not just for you guys but once it gets out of you guys' hands it's out of your hands too and i think sometimes that's what i sell i sell like my old dvds on ebay i've had people complain to me when it's in the hands of the of the postal service i'm like sir, I don't, I don't work for the postal service. I shipped it out immediately, you know, so it can become frustrating.
0: Nobody wants to hear that. I know. Damn, nobody, everybody knows it in their heart of hearts, but nobody wants to hear it. They want to get angry and they want to get angry at somebody. And generally it's the person, the nice person who's willing to get on the phone and listen to them. That's the person who gets screamed at. And, you know, listen. I used to be guilty of that stuff myself. I'm a lot nicer when I call businesses with an issue now. I'm a lot nicer because I I remember all the the minimum wage people that are stuck and made to answer the phone that had nothing to do with my you know, whatever is bothering me. <laughs> you're
3: yelling at the you're yelling at the one person who works for the company who has no power to do anything to help you except listen to your right. problems. Right. Uh, let's but, see. Yeah. You got. Uh, Got The Kindred, uh, the Standard Edition coming out, and Satan's Little Helper. Also, Nick Castle's first movie, Tag the Assassination Game, is being worked on. Jerry, there's a lot of stuff going on. So now, would you please tell me things that you don't want to tell me in
0: secrets, please? Oh, well, (laughs) yeah. I got some big... I got a big... It's a two-for-one. Okay. Okay? All right. You know, we got... uh, uh, Creature from Black Lake yes. coming. Yes, yes. And you know we got Satan's Little Helper coming. Yes. And they're both coming very soon. Yes. But there's going to be a surprise. Uh-huh. So we're telling the fans out there. All right. For those two titles, there's going to be some surprises. So keep your eyes peeled. And that's all I want to say. Because, okay. again, Don didn't clear me <laughs> to talk <laughs> about this. But okay. it's something that... You know, I'm not teasing. I'm serious. It's going to be a nice little uh, treat for the fans out there for both titles, but not everyone's going to be able to get it. So, okay.
3: Okay. Well, if it's a gas mask for the creature from Black Lake, then I'm giving both you and Don a piggyback ride around Horror Hound. So, I am promising (laughs) that now.
0: (laughs) So, that's funny. uh,
3: Now, on this episode, Jerry, we are talking about your release popcorn. A fantastic uh, little film from 1991, I believe. And we're having our pal Cameron Scott from the Cinema Degeneration podcast on there. Any, uh, Any stories or any thoughts about acquiring that title since Cameron and I have a nice little conversation about the film itself?
0: Why would you ask me that, Tim? Am I some kind of story guy? Do I entertain you? That's my Joe Pesci (laughs) imitation from Goodfellas. Keep keep your job. Keep your day (laughs) job. Hey! Anyways, I I just happen to have a really really nice story about this one. Great. You know, I remember seeing uh, popcorn, like, about a million years ago, and... You know, it was off my radar. I can't even remember how long ago this was. But maybe if you ever do an interview with this person, she will be able to tell you a little better than me. Because I'm pretty sure she remembers it way better than I do. But, you know, we've been doing shows, Don and I, for 20 years uh and over the years you meet a lot of wonderful people you know we're gypsies we go on the road and we go from city to city and we see our friends who are also gypsies that go from the road on the road from city to city we see them from show to show and it's always like a surprise but it's never really a surprise right but it's always wonderful you know you give a hug and everything and you're gonna spend another weekend with these wonderful people and by the way that's how i met you and
3: Right. Oh, yeah, we, so, we carry tambourines and dance around and everything. So.
0: <laughs> so so one year, we met a girl, and this is a long time ago. We met a girl by the name of Christy, and I believe she was working for Fright Rags at the time, who's uh, you know good friends of ours, Ben Scribbins, wonderful person, love that guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christy came up to me and said, you know, Jerry, you're the guy who lands the movies, right? I said, sure, yeah. She goes, I'm looking for a movie. I would do anything to have this movie come out. It's my favorite movie in the whole world. And she said a bunch of other stuff, too. But we'll save it for her interview. Right, Wednesday. right, right. <laughs> but needless to say, this was her favorite movie in the whole world. And she said, I want you guys to try and get it. I'd love to have you guys get get the movie and put it out. She wasn't asking for a restoration or uncut scenes or anything. She just wanted the movie out. I said, what movie? She said, popcorn. Ah, I remember that one. Okay, let me look into it. Well, this is a movie that were made by a couple of people that were very, very wealthy. I think they're bridge builders. Uh, They're international bridge builders. And I don't understand how they even came about financing this film, but they made it. And it played theatrically, and they never really did anything with it, and they forgot about it. And they went on, and uh, when I finally got a hold of one of the licensors, he was building a, some major multi, multi-million dollar bridge in Africa. And of course, he didn't, you know, I mean, this was the last thing on his mind, this movie. So I go back to Christy, and I said, yeah, well, good news is I found, you know, somebody who owns the film or purports to own it. The bad news is they don't want to be bothered. They're doing huge business, and and this is nothing. There's no amount of money that we could offer them that'll even put a dent in that, you know, will raise even an eyebrow, you know? they, They, I... It's a matter of time. She goes, Please stay with it. Please, Jerry, don't give up. Please stay with it. Please stay with it. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you about every single conversation, but it took years and years and years. And like I said, I've gotten a lot of movies these ways because I don't let go. I'm I'm like, I bite your pant leg and I will not let go. You know, everybody's yeah. had a dog that did that. You know, you can thinking- walk up the hill, and the dog still got his teeth on your pant leg, and he's walking with you.
3: I was thinking of the Little Caesars commercialist. That's you, right? <laughs> you just on the, yeah, you grab on well, the back, you know. and you're gonna walk
0: in with the guy. Yeah, I got you. So, I mean, listen, I gave up on the project numerous, numerous times, and I knew it took. It took over five years. I'm going to think six, seven, maybe eight years before I finally was able to wear the guy down and he licensed me to the movie. And then he said, but if I'm giving you this movie, I'm giving you everything. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I have all the materials in storage and blah, blah, blah. He goes, you got to take it all, everything. Okay. So he shipped us everything. I have boxes and boxes and boxes. I have the negative. I got inner positives. I got all kinds of I mean, it's crazy. But we have it. It's our movie. And uh, you know, of course we put in a special thank you to Chrissy. I'm kind of minimizing her part, but again, I can't stress enough that she kept on me. She kept asking. She kept after me. She kept begging me. And I liked her so much. She's such a nice girl that I could not bring myself to just give up on it. And every time she'd call me, I'd go back and try. And guess what? We finally got the movie. I know this wasn't a very exciting story, but still, it's exactly what happened. It took years and years and years of working on this guy. I mean, and you know, Part of it is, you know, you could only talk to him about once every three months. I mean, you could not reach him. You couldn't get calls returned or anything. Where was he from? I think he's from Canada, to okay. be honest. Okay. That's where all the materials were. Okay. So okay. if he's not, that's where he certainly had them stored. But needless to say, I, I, it was such a great moment. Not so much for me or for the for the movie itself, but to be able to make somebody so happy. Right. I right. mean, how... I was reading, uh, you know, something online, somebody quoted, uh, some famous person quoted that the only true way to make yourself happy is to make somebody else happy. And there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. You know, uh, I remember asking my father, I said, Dad, you know, you're a successful businessman. You could have anything in the world that you want, but you don't seem to want anything. How, what do you do? How, what makes you happy? How how do you stay happy? And my father said, there's two things that make me happy, a good meal and helping other people. And it's the same kind of thing. So, you know, look, we did this for Chrissy, and she was so happy. And, of course, look, listen, we made money. I mean, popcorn's a hugely... Popular film. People love it. And the title was very successful. We did a steel book. We still have a few steel books left, by the way, if anyone's interested. But, uh, you know, and it, it but, it, but the best thing, my best memory, my best experience with the entire project was telling Christy, guess what? We got the movie. You know? <laughs> right, right. And she was so happy. <sighs> uh, you know, so of course we gave her a special thank you. And why wouldn't we if not for her hard work and pushing me? We never would have gotten it.
3: Right. Uh, she's a very nice person. Christy was the voice for a lot of other people out there. And I think when you listen to Cameron Scott talk about popcorn he was just as excited to see that it was out as well. He was very, very excited because, as Christy knew, it had kind of dropped off the radar. And right. us movie fans, yourself included, that's when we really get nervous, right? When the movie just really drops off the radar. You can go find Jurassic Park anywhere you want to find it anytime. any time. Popcorn, got to do a little work for. Oh, yeah. Well, Jerry, uh, let's see here. So, let's see. You've let the cat out of the bag. You told me about titles you weren't supposed to tell me about, but you didn't give me the titles. Uh, We talked Um, a little
0: bit about the shows that were coming up. We Um, landed some new things, but I can't tell you what they are. Hey, I'll give you a clue. Okay. One of the titles we just landed, and it's a big one. It's got three words in the title. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy! Like, is That's it all Don would authorize as far as hints? <laughs>
3: okay, all right. Well, now I'm going to start scouring my IMDb. <laughs> 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 try to try to try to figure out what it is. But but there there is a lot of titles you guys are working on. Even talking to you guys, I can tell that you guys are
0: swamped working yeah. on titles. Yeah, Don told me that. We're all booked out now through the first half of next year with our releases. As of what's coming out, what's coming out, what's coming out. We've never operated that way. You know, I, I think uh, our distributor, our new distributor, is doing a really good job for us. And uh, you know,
3: ah, that being said, isn't there also a screening of The Deadly Spawn
0: in uh, Canada? I believe so. That's Don's new uh, restoration. That's going to be amazing, you guys. Just just wait.
3: All right, Jerry. Well, thanks for talking to us. We're going to see you on the road at the shows when we're gypsying it up together. Okay. Can't wait. Thanks for taking the time to talk. You got it. Talk to you later. As always, thank you, Jerry, for taking the time and for your candor. And now let us welcome in Noah Chandler. hey noah hi so i have a fun story for you as if if anyone's been listening to this show and listen to the segment that uh, that me and noah do on each and every show you've heard us uh talk about our antique store exploits uh, we like to go to antique stores and that's where all the cool kids hang out so that's where you will find people like angie and myself and noah well i just went on a two-week historical tour of americar so we went out to the east coast we went to washington dc we went to jamestown i went to the lost colony of roanoke island which is in the outer banks down there in uh, north carolina we were everywhere but One of the first things, we went to Gettysburg first. That was fun. Then we went to Washington, D.C., Noah. And let me tell you, one of the first things we did in Washington, D.C., we found an antique store. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what Tim was wearing when we walked into the antique store? I don't
1: know, Tim. What were you wearing?
3: I was wearing my Synapse t-shirt, my brand spanking new, beautiful Synapse t-shirt. The first human that I came in contact with in Washington, D.C., besides the hotel people, was a gentleman who was walking out the door as I was walking into the antique store. He looked down and he said, nice shirt.
1: Wow, what a man.
3: That's right. So you had there was a wow. Synapse, and, and I could tell by the way he said it, that there was a Synapse fan walking out of an antique store as I was walking in, the first person that I talked to in Washington, D.C., was, He's
1: a smart man.
3: Yes, he was impressed by your merch. I was very impressed. I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell Noah. The first person uh, that I basically came in contact with recognized Synapse, recognized my shirt, acknowledged it, and in of all places, it was in an antique store.
1: That's really, That really is an amazing story because I'm truly blown away that anyone in an antique store would know what Synapse is. I mean... Us, obviously, but other people, you know, normally you see the, no no offense to the older generation, but there's <laughs> lots of older ladies trying to get their antiques on and I'm here for it. I'm here with the ladies, but not really like my spooky spooky girl vibes you know
3: (laughs) right 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 (laughs) so now I hear that you guys are bored and then so every now and then you've decided to ship things yourself (laughs) so that's been but you have you guys have been very busy uh your dad was saying you guys took a few days to do nothing but ship how is that going
1: it is going good um we're still getting a lot of uh tenebrite orders so get yours in if you still want one we are still shipping um, it's overall been going well yeah a lot of some new merchy orders which i love a little merchy order
3: well We're yeah for it. you have some I, that's another thing that i noticed too you if you go to the website to synapsefilms.com uh, you do have some of the the classic merchandise whatever that you guys still have i have noticed is that what's being put up on the website some of the older designs
1: Yes. The older designs are up on the website for 20 instead of 25. That's like what stock we have left. We are considering bringing back a few styles that were popular that we feel like could come back, but not all of them. So if there's one you like and we still have your size, I would push you to buy it now over waiting. Last podcast, we were talking about the books Mm -hmm. and I had The Swedish Sensations book and the Booby Hatch book. The Mm -hmm. Booby Hatch book, we still have many of, but the Swedish Sensation book, all gone.
3: Oh, okay.
1: All sold out already.
3: But they still have Booby Hatch. Booby Hatch is still there. they all like
1: popped on that, you know? So that's what (laughs) I'm saying. So like, just got to keep your eyes out. I wouldn't wait. There's no, I mean, you do what you want. You got to do, but if you miss it, you're going to be sad. (laughs) Okay.
3: Well, I also heard that you are making sure That people are being communicated with whenever they order something. And are you sending out tracking information personally?
1: Yeah. Every single pre-order, I've been going back into PayPal and copying in the tracking number. So you should be getting an email from PayPal after I do it saying um, Synapse Films included a tracking number. And it'll show you your tracking number. If you have any questions or you didn't get that, you could always email me. I also have your tracking number. But everyone should be getting a tracking number. I haven't had anyone text me for one because since I've been doing it. Um, just other questions, which if you have any other questions, feel free to email us as well. And I will get back to you as soon as possible.
3: Well, and also, we are in we are in the middle of convention season now. Let's see, we're doing Flashback, and there's Cinema Wasteland, and there's Horror Hound coming up, and you are bringing an arsenal of merchandise, are you not?
1: We are. I'm gonna bring a bunch of sizes in the shirts, a bunch of sizes in the sweatshirts for both Impulse and Synapse. I'm just gonna bring it all. If you've been waiting and buying a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, the time is now! The time is at the this summer, <laughs> buy <I am> now. <laughs> right. Makes my drive home better, <laughs> so I can see on my back window. Don't you want me to drive home safely? Right,
3: right, right. <laughs> so get to the show. So, so get to the show. And not only if you pick up a movie, then pick up a shirt or sweatshirt, so that so that Noah can make sure that there isn't a semi closing in on her when she's going down a steep hill.
1: Exactly, exactly. We'll brings I'm gonna bring some hats even though it's summer if you want a beanie it falls just around the corner we love Halloween the countdown starts now and then I'll be bringing chapsticks I don't bring any of the older shirts because that's like an online only thing so like I said you gotta buy them online you're not gonna see those at the at the show
3: ah that's important um, so then all of the so when what you bring is the new design stuff so if you're looking for the classic design that is that's website only
1: yeah. So we're planning on doing a shirt for every year, or trying to do a shirt for every year. Or if we bring back an older shirt, they we bring them both to the show. If it, we're bringing one back,
3: gotcha. So if you do like an extra run of yeah. a of a classic design, you will bring those to a show. But if we're talking about stock, old yeah. stock of the classic stuff, the that's that's when it's just going to be on the website for sale. Yeah. Now. Uh, we talked about my my epic journey uh, to the East Coast and around there, and I did uh, because on the last podcast, I believe it was last podcast, you mentioned if people uh, tag Synapse or send you a picture of themselves uh, with Synapse merch wearing a shirt, you will retweet or repost those pictures. And I sent you some incredible patriotic Synapse merchandise pictures from Washington, D.C. And for you to uh, do do what you want with to, re, to retweet or repost. And uh, would you like to remind everyone uh, that they can do the same?
1: Yeah, if you at the show buy a shirt or a sweatshirt or a hat or a lip balm or anything or you buy it online and you are excited about it, you go outside and you take a picture with your friends or take a picture by yourself or take a picture in front of you with your DVD or take a picture in front of a fun wall. Whatever it is, you take a picture of yourself with the Synapse merch and you send it to my email noah at synapse-films.com or orders at synapse-films.com either or, both my email. I will share them to all the Synapse social medias um, just to show that we have our Customers, you know, appreciate Synapse as much as we put the work in for them. You know, we want to see it.
3: Now, I do have a question. So, let's say I'm wearing Synapse lip balm. Do I and I take a selfie? Do I have to provide a receipt that I at least bought the Synapse lip balm uh, because it may not show up real good on a selfie?
1: no you're good okay you're good i love that though i was like oh god mouth photo shoot you gotta hold it in your mouth to prove it's on your lips you're like "Mm, (laughs) "Mm, strawberries (laughs) and cream
3: notice my glistening moistened lips they feel wonderful thank you synapse (laughs) here's a picture so again though if you do all kidding aside if you do uh if you take a picture and you're wearing uh, some synapse gear or you have some you just take a picture of yourself with it tag synapse uh email it send it to noah and it will be retweeted reposted
1: we want it
3: all right Noah. well thank you very much keep up the good and hard work and we'll talk to you next time okay see
1: you soon toodles
3: Thank you, Noah, and make sure and keep your eyes peeled on the website for some of those classic design t-shirts and other random classic and old merchandise, and make sure and stop by and say hello to Noah and check out the merchandise at a convention near you. Now let us welcome in our special guests here to discuss the Synapse release popcorn from the Cinema Degeneration podcast, Mr. Cameron Scott. Like to welcome back to the show, returning guest from the Cinema Degeneration Podcast, Mr. Cameron Scott. Hello, Cameron. Hey, Timbo. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. Doing very good. How have you been? Have you been well?
2: Yeah, I've been doing pretty good. You know, all things considered, state of the world as uh, such as it is, I've been doing pretty good. I, I can't complain. And you know, who would listen anyways, right? Right. Exactly. Alright,
3: so we are here to talk about Popcorn, the 1991 released, 1990 produced film that had quite an interesting, um, oh let's say filming, there was a lot of things going on, this this movie has got a lot of different stories attached to it, a lot of different people were working on different things at different times, so we'll have a good time talking about that. What was your introduction to Popcorn? And when was
2: it? Well, I remember the, the ads coming out for it on television, you know, buy a bag, come home in a box. I was <laughs> so intrigued with that. And the main, uh, you know, killer, we're, you know, we're going to spoil things here. But, you know, Tom Villard who plays Toby was just so charismatic in those trailers. You know, I was just like, I got to see this. And I missed it during this uh, theatrical run. I just didn't get a chance to see it, as it probably a lot of people didn't, because it didn't have much of a theatrical run. Right. So I probably saw it. What was going to say it was about about a year later when it came out on video. Because when it came out on VHS, I was one of the first in line to watch it, and I loved it. You know, uh, I think it gets unceremoniously, uh, you know, skewered by people as being kind of like a. A Freddy clone, you know, because it kind of has that the main character, the you know, the main villain, it kind of has that kind of Freddy Krueger-like quality.
3: Yeah, they've been it seems like not even Hollywood, but even independent films, everyone wants their their they all want their Jason, their Michael, their Freddy, their Chucky. Um, almost to the point where it's a fault, where they'll try it too hard. This was certainly I don't know if it was trying to make a franchise out of the character. Um see if you follow me here. There's like this little subgenre of the mm-hmm. horror films. I would put Bad Dreams in this. I would put even Poltergeist 2 where it's a cult leader horror where the cult leader somehow actually does gain some sort of otherworldly supernatural power where he can reach from the grave and mess right. with his former leaders or his former followers, I should say. This movie to me Fits into that little sub-genre. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I I would because there's a kind of a bait and switch where you kind of you're, you're led to believe that this lanyard gates character is you know I'm using air quotes here that you can't see mm-hmm. the killer. Right, And it's just not, you know, there, there, it ends up being Toby, this poor little, you know, this guy, this kid, you know, that was burned in the fire, it, you know, and uh, there's a nice bait and switch. It's a good red herring. Now, it's not like a red herring, you know, like the likes of like Hitchcock can create, but it's a good one. And I kind of like it. And I think it works. Uh, but what works for me, and this is something that goes back to the last episode I was on when we covered demons and that's why Demons One is my favorite, as opposed to Demons Two. Is there's the movie within the movie quality of this? Right. There's the subgenre of having these little mini movies and having them playing up on the screen. I love that. I love having. A, it's like to me getting two movies for the price of one. Right. And there's something that I just inherently love about that. So that's one thing that I think Demons and at least the first one and Popcorn both have in common.
3: Let's backtrack a little bit and just let's just set the movie up a little bit. Um it's it's a bunch of are uh, they I guess college college film students who are getting together with their professor instructor and they're going to as like a school project, they're going to put on a a movie marathon of some some old sci-fi horror films uh, as sort of a gag type of event, a fun event for people to come see. And what they're doing is they're playing movies that we would as like a William Castle type of movie yes. where it's a lot of ballyhoo. They they like if there's a there's one one of the movies was a is a, a spoof of a Japanese science fiction film and it has like an odorous <laughs> killer like a misty killer that smells bad. I
2: think it was called the stench.
3: The stench, yes, I think, yeah, yes. And so and so when that movie's playing, they'll like they'll pump some stinky stuff through like the vents and just. I mean, William Castle stuff. Everybody knows the Tingler. When people would go see the Tingler, there was like these little buzzers underneath the seats that would scare people and stuff. Uh, So they're they're putting together this thing, and then meantime, and so they have to rehab this old theater to do it. And then in, in the meantime, yes, there is a killer going around because there's an old film that was filmed by a cult leader, and it was sort of a weird LSD trip kind of snuffy kind of film just a bizarre kind of movie but the movie itself the legend or whatever happened there was a fire when they were what showing it or something or filming it and the whole thing got messed up the film has been lost the it was made by a cult leader and his members and the members all died most of them died in a fire some escaped and so this movie deals with a couple of the escaped survivors of that how do they play into what's happening in that theater right now. And they sort of like one of those deals where they want to, they want to complete the circle that the cult leader started nefariously. And that's, is that a good way of sort of encapsulating the.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. That's a pretty good way of summing it up because it's much better than the IMDB does. You know, talk, the IMDB talks about a Leatherface type murderer who wears other people's faces. Like no, that that's not, I mean, that is part of it, but it's like, Not really what this movie is about. Well, it's
3: funny too because I, Leatherface, sure, I guess, but I saw more of a dark man kind of thing here where he was, where they was disguising, the killer was disguising himself as the people he was about ready to kill. And what's funny about it is that they are at this, this movie marathon and the, the, the students are all dressed up like it's Halloween. They're all dressed up in cosplay, basically. As I know I love it. I yeah, love it. yeah. So the killer goes around and he does himself up like these people looks exactly like them, and then offs them as their own character. It's it is an interesting little little twist in it. The one thing though is that I love about this movie, and it, to me, there what there's three movies that they're watching on this on the screen. There's one movie about an electrified man that's sort of like mad made man made monster. There's a movie that's kind of like. A tarantula, the deadly mantis, or something that's going oh, like a mosquito. giant mosquito, yeah. The, the mosquito, mosquitoes. that's it, the yeah. Mos- yeah. The giant sorry, the mosquito, <laughs> yeah. So the mosquito will, like, you know, like stick its sucker into people's heads and suck their brains out and stuff. And then, there, as you said, this, love that effect, yeah. I, mean, I do too. I mean, that it's was a bad good. E-
2: it's a bad effect, but yes. it's done so hokey and wacky that it's just like it gets a fist pump from me every time, every right? Time.
3: Right? Oh, I love it too. And then, as you said, there's, there's the uh, the stench that the Japanese. <laughs> Uh, a spoofed film. And then, of course, they're dubbed. You know, see the Japanese film is dubbed, which is kind of funny. But my only disappointment is that, man, I really want to see those movies. Like, I want yeah. to see more of that. And it's, I wish they would have showed more. I wish it would have been more halvesies. I wish they would have shown a lot more of those films and kind of peppered it in with the main story and made it more like a wraparound. But they do have moments where... You're actually watching the movie like the audience is. They show that you know, the movie becomes what you're watching. And they're great.
2: They they are great. That brings me to a question. I actually have a question for you. Okay. Now, which is your favorite of the movies within the movie? Oh, Mosquito. A mosquito. Yeah, same. Absolutely. <laughs> same. Mosquito. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm a sucker for those big big bug fucking alien monsters. Oh, movies. yeah, I'm me a too. Sucker for those.
3: I would like to see those though. And what's interesting too is that this movie had a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. one of the problems is where they decided to shoot it. Now, they shot this in Kingston, Jamaica. I've been to Jamaica many times, but I have not been to Kingston. <laughs> it's kind of a rough town. Um,
2: yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard.
3: yeah, and and so I, th- there was a you know, there was some people there in Jamaica that were trying to draw interest in filming their movies, the Hollywood movies in Jamaica. And so those interests in Jamaica lured the people who were making popcorn into doing that there. And what was interesting is that you have a theater full of people, and the movie's supposed to be like shot in a, uh, let's say, a mid, it looks like to be a mid sized American town of some sort, you know, Uh, not populated completely with Jamaicans. So when you are getting, your extras together for the theater scenes, you're in Jamaica,
0: you know. Right. So there right.
3: were some interesting challenges. So when you watch the movie, you'll notice a lot of people dressed up in cosplay and stuff. Well, it's because they didn't want to they just didn't want to give away the fact they were shooting in Jamaica. You know, Do you basically. think
2: the, the the reggae band that they had playing during the intermission gave that away though?
3: <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of reggae in it though. You know, too. Definitely. A lot of reggae music. Yeah. I'm not.
2: I'm not opposed to that because I love me some reggae. But
3: <laughs> right, right, and um, it's it is pervasive down in Jamaica. I will tell you that. I, I I promise you, it's it is everywhere. Um, that wasn't really the the, the major problem though. There was a lot. The the main. Ooh. Yeah, the the, the main uh, uh, Jill. How do you pronounce her name? I you know I always said Jill Shalen. I don't think that's right. And I look at it, and I've never heard her pronounce her name, and it bothers me because I'm a pronunciation guy, and I don't know how to do it. Have you heard her pronounce her name?
2: I have never heard her pronounce it, but I've always said Sholin. Okay. It could be either. It could be Skolane for all I know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And I'm likely probably about 90% of the time wrong with pronunciations. Well, you call her
3: Sholin. I'll call her Shaylin, And then we'll see who who emails us and tells us who who, who the bigger dummy is. How about that? Right. Right. There we go. But she replaced Amy O'Neill from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids after a week of filming.
2: Yeah, I you know I knew she had replaced her, that Jill had replaced Amy, but it wasn't until literally that I watched this version from Synapse, you know, with the uh, the extras on it, the Midnight Madness, the making of popcorn extra, like how weird it was, you know, like because she was there for a week or week or two, and then they, you know, uh, they they fired, you know, they let go, you know, they let Amy go, and then they let the original uh, director go so I can't imagine what that was like having your leading actress and then your director, I think it was Alan Ormsby was the original director. Right. Right. Yeah. And and how much of an upheaval that was, I'm sure they were there like, okay, we're in Jamaica, we're having fun, but are we going to have a job tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Or are we all going home? Right. And it wasn't like I knew of the issues, but I never knew the details until I watched that, that documentary and realized it's like, wow, how would like a, just uh, how weird that must have been for the rest of the cast and
3: crew. When I remember when the movie, I think was either being filmed or it was being set to be released. This is a long time ago. So this is right when it was coming out. I remember an article. I think it was Fangoria and it was all about Bob Clark and his, his movie popcorn. And what's really odd to me is since I read that, I never saw another Thing in my life, attaching Bob Clark to that movie, except when people started talking about it in the documentary. And clearly, Bob Clark did not want to be known as a horror director.
2: I, I've never understood the people that like start off in, uh, you know, as per se a horror movie person, and then they become, you know, more mainstream, for lack of a better term, you know, and, and then they're just like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about my former career. It's just like, well, you know, why? Alienate the people that you either a worked with, you know the people that you work with before that were confidants and whatnot, and, and and then, then to alienate your fans—that what if you know the the fans can revolt against you in a freaking heartbeat? You know, I mean, I'm just saying. But I've never understood that the people that maybe they want to move on with their careers and they just see horror as a stepping stone. But you know, to me, horror movies are a lifestyle, not a stepping stone.
3: This movie was according to the filmmakers and stuff a disappointment you know i pretty much only played it second run theaters but man look this came out what 1990 or 91 that was sort of what was happening to a lot of movies like i mean i remember seeing phantasm 2 in a second run theater oh yeah like when it was running first run oh yeah so since it ran in second theaters like you said most people saw this on home video when it came out that's
2: when it really picked up traction I think in the old days, what what it had happened, there was a, a chance at a second life for a film. If it didn't make it in the theatrical run, you know, it'll have a second life on cable. It'll have a second life on VHS. Now everything happens if it is released on physical media at all, a lot of movies aren't, you know, a lot of the movies made for for Hulu or made for Netflix, for instance, don't get physical media releases. A lot of them don't. Mm -hmm. So there's no chance at a second life for these films. So they, they, they're putting all their eggs into one basket. And it seems to me like it, it's working to an extent, but it's like, how many of these movies are going to be, you know, cult hits, as you would say, like something like popcorn that became a cult hit, you know, and it's, you know, revered and loved by so many horror fans—is that going to happen? T- you know, to a movie coming out in 2022.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, Amazon and Netflix are ones making all the bank. It seems like the end of an era. You know, they had to—they had to struggle and they had to fight cause was, uh, to get the movie finished, especially when you listen to the documentary on or on this movie. You know, it's a wonderful documentary by the yeah way. it is yeah you know but it uh, it seems like the set of a couple of movies that I've been on you know classic you know just problems that come up on set you know and people like all often say but we were a family mm-hmm. and that's what i've heard the, the 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 people involved with this movie even the director that was brought in mark harrier aka billy from porky's right. which i did not recognize him at 1st i'm like wait a minute they got b- motherfucking billy from porky's to direct this that, like, yeah. holy
3: that's God. the bob clark connection though and bob clark is a name you've never seen in this movie but when you pull back all those onion layers, this is a Bob Clark movie, right? Right. Who did Porky's? Who did Who did you know, Black Christmas? The, a Christmas Story. I mean, this is a Bob Clark movie, and everyone's telling you that, but no one really wants to say it. And I, I, right, right. And that's like I said, I read an article before the movie came out, and I thought Bob Clark directed it. And the only person who was saying that Bob Clark didn't direct it was Mark Harrier who's accredited director
0: right. <laughs> and
3: and what i found funny though and i found actually i appreciate him saying this because it, it very very seldom in a documentary like this do i laugh out loud but i laughed out loud when he said i now i know how toby hooper felt on poltergeist right. i he had spielberg on his shoulder no 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 dude duh, duh, duh. he's like well that was bob That was Bob the whole time, too. So even Harrier was kind of admitting that he was on top of it. I think what Mark Harrier's what he keeps going for is that he edited it. I know what he means. He's like, all right, Bob was there the whole time when we were telling the actors what to do, but I edited it. I took all that raw footage and stitched it into a coherent, coherent movie. The only thing that I could really make out, because here's the thing. It's very well, at least it's well known by me. That Alan Ormsby and Bob Clark, are they work together on a lot of stuff. I mean, they're very, very good friends. So in order for Bob Clark, I assume he was the guy, to have to fire his friend, he must have been taking a really long time to do that. And I guess he directed the, he got done directing the the faux movies, the, the fake movies.
2: Yeah, yeah. The movies within the movies. Right. Yeah. And those were my favorite parts, too. Those was my favorite parts of the movie that and I guess that that's part of that Alan directed because those are the movies that I want to see. Like I love the movie popcorn itself as a whole. And if you were to take the the mini movies out of the equation, I would still love it. It's a good damn movie. Right? It, it's it's funny. I mean, let that's the thing about that. It's funny. It's wacky. I identify with the the kids in the movie. Even still to this day, being a grumpy old you know man pushing pushing fifty, you know, I still identify with these high school or, or uh, these college age kids because they're they have a good rapport with one another, and they're not like all just uh, caddy with one another. They actually seem like genuine friends, and I think that's something that lends. To the uh, it leads you to still love this movie thirty years later, and I think having that that colorful villain, yeah, I think Tom Villard is uh, was instrumental to oh, the success yeah. of this movie. He is so good, and you know, and still sorely missed. Oh god, I loved yeah. him in One Crazy Summer. He was good as the kind of the the uh, the comic relief and heartbreak Ridge. A lot of people forget he was even in that one. But, you know, yeah, Tom Villard, you know, gone way too soon. Well, he he pulled
3: off one scene where he where Villard comes in and he's going to kill the girl dressed up like a nurse and he's going to kill her. uh, And she starts talking and he's 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 done up like a different character. So she doesn't know it's Toby. She doesn't know it's Villard. And she has a crush on Villard's character. So he comes in to kill her, and she starts talking, saying, do you think, do you, think you know Toby would, would like me, or do you think he likes me, or something like that? And Villard gets almost embarrassed, and he, I got my own problems. And the way that that's handled, I don't, I've, look, in any other movie, in any other time, if it's a horror film, you're going to take that opportunity to get mean and to kill her anyway. But this movie doesn't do that, and I think it adds a little depth to his character. But also, I'm not sure how many actors could have pulled that off in a, a way that was so comical but had so much pathos in it at the same time.
2: Yeah, it is a great scene. I mean, when he when she's like pouring out her heart uh, to him, you know, because he's I think he was dressed up as Leon and he had Leon's face on at the at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so she has no idea that she's pouring her heart to out to to Toby, right? <laughs> you know, right. At the time, you know, and he kind of gets soft on her for a second. He's like, "Oh, like, oh, really? You, you like Toby, do you?" And then she's like, "Oh, what happened to your voice? It sounds like a crocodile." I'm like, <clears throat> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right. it's it, it is kind of comical at the point, but like when he storms off instead of killing her, the first time I watch this, I'm like, "Oh, this girl's gonna die," and she's one of the. You know, the few people who doesn't get bumped off, everybody else is like this cannon fodder. And I think as it was touching it shown that he wasn't just a complete and utter maniac. He still had some feelings in there because, you know, uh, although there is a couple of instances in this movie that makes me question the whole supernatural angle of certain things, but it's basically, you know, about the human element and you know the to- toby character is a very human fucking character and it's um he-, he added that layer of humanity to it
3: i don't know there's something about his unhinged performance that goes back and forth between like i said between he's gonna kill somebody and then he has pathos and then you kind of care for him and you kind of want him to stop what he's doing
2: yeah the part where he's explaining to jill's character <clears throat> maggie when he's just like, and you know, she's like, you know, what are you going to do? And he explains it to her. And he's like, and I think he says, I've not used geometric logic, you know? So he's just like, you know, and then, you know, he's like, we're going to recreate the ending here. And he's like, and then, you know, maybe I won't, my mother won't die. And maybe I won't be burned and everything. And he gets really like, and everything, you know, will be all right. Right. And then she just kind of looks at him. She's like, that makes perfect sense. And he's just like, yeah, matter of factly, you know, yeah, it fucking does, doesn't it? And you kind of realize that his poor little brain is just broken. And if the if he you could reach the inner Toby, you know, you might be able to convince him otherwise that they're not going through this nefarious plan of his. But I think, you know, as we all know, you know, and this is a horror movie, you're not going to reach that guy. You're not going to reach him. Right. Like in a movie like this, you know, I go into it wanting a slasher. I want crazy and inventive kills. I want a maniacal. Bad guy, and that's why popcorn works. You get, you know, all the kills are different, and that's what I look for in a slasher movie. You know, I want the kills to be different. I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm fine with a Halloween or a Jason movie where they just use a machete and they kind of get on with their lives, right, <laughs> you know, right, right, right? But sometimes it's just like, get inventive. Get crazy with it. I mean, we have a death by mosquito prop in this movie for crying out loud. Right, <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, but um, I, I, li- I like that aspect of it because it skirts around the Freddy Kruegerisms. It skirts that edge very finely, but it never goes full bore into it. At one point, you know, he says uh, when he's got uh, the Maggie character all tied up, and she's like, but I was, you know, and you're punishing me, but I was a kid, Toby. And it's like, you were a child, I was a child, we were all children, you know, and I think that's, that shows the trauma that he was in because he was a little kid. I think what they would have said, he would have been eight, nine years old when that happened, when the fire happened and he got burned over like 90% of his body. The trauma of that affecting a a, a child would cause, you know, like his his uh, influxes and and waves of fucking emotions that he would have, it would be traumatic. So he he has the room to be a little uh, – uh, what's the term I'm looking for here? A little overly dramatic. But he's never this like being wacky and just telling one-liner. Some of the stuff might come off a little wacky, but I also think that's as part of the charm that was to, you know Tom.
3: Yeah, he's like an insane smart aleck. Yes. I like a lot of these elements of this movie. And it's not really a terrifying film, but it's a good film. And I think it's an interesting It's a fun film. It is, and it's interesting. It's I'm not saying it's without its its moments, suspense moments and stuff like that, but really the story kind of brings you in. And when when it kind of reveals itself as to why he's killing everyone, like we we're talking about and stuff, it, it does seem a little bit like, what? But then again he's burned and he's crazy. He's lost it because he's, he's been driven in mad, you know, basically by his predicament. And so it's, it's okay. You know, I get it. Um, I do like the fact that they did not let it seep, let it fall over into the, into the, the supernatural camp to where that lanyard character actually would come back as a being who could kill someone or something like that, you know?
2: Yeah, I guess the first time I watched it I always expected Lanyard to show up I as too. a secondary killer or, or like the first time I was just like, when's he gonna pop back up? Like where's where's the second twist coming in and then Lanyard's gonna be like, and I've been orchestrating this the entire time and it's like it never did that and I, I I it's one of the reasons why I love it. It never never went with that trope.
3: It's a really well written uh horror film by alan ormsby and he didn't take credit for writing it i i don't understand there's something going on here cam behind this this is what i'm kind of there's something going on behind the scenes here i think there were a lot of butthurt feelings that nobody wanted to bring up anymore are you telling me that bob clark fired his buddy alan ormsby who wrote the screenplay for this movie who apparently had his name taken off or somebody did and there's no hurt feelings
2: Oh yeah, there's got there's some hurt feelings there somewhere. There's something that that, that went down that just was not uh, that is still just not uh, you know talked about to this day. I just, mm-hmm. and, and I can't help but wonder what the hell that is, and we'll probably never figure it out. The th- the fact that popcorn works and not only works but works on such a great level of, at which it does is a testament to good fucking filmmaking and a dedicated cast a dedicated crew because by all accounts with all the trouble between losing a lead actress three weeks into filming having to do all those reshoots hiring a new director and having bob clark kind of be a you know the the, the spielberg of the group, it shouldn't work as well as it does and it's like amazing that we got this film the way it is because it should one it's amazing that the movie was ever finished with all the problems you know shooting in jamaica the 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 cast, the reshoot, the direction—it, by all accounts, should not work as well as it does.
3: I, I think, that somewhere in there, that's where Mark Harrier really did this movie good. He obviously, came in there and took over. Hey, look! Kudos yeah. to all of them for keeping their lips shut, but I still want to know the dirty, the dirty truth. In the yeah, secrets. they were
2: all very diplomatic. Everybody was very diplomatic because even a few times, I can't remember who it was that exactly said it, but like I want to think of the most politically correct way to answer this question. I think it might have been Jill, but she's but they're like very uh, tight-lipped over the over that. And I think that this says something that they either <laughs> it was. Uh, Something very rough that happened or they just just like, you know, I'm going to stay out of this. I'm going to stay over here. I'm going to do my job and just stand over here. You're over here. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: the, the drama that was going on behind the scenes, good movies like this just don't just don't come out yeah, like it, that. It, de-
2: it defied the odds. This is a movie that defies all odds considering how good it is. It's just not like a sort of good movie. This is a great fucking movie. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite slashers. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. I feel like it's still, even to this day, never quite getting the, it's just do. It's just, uh, those of us in the know, know about it, you know, but it's just like, I, I love turning people onto this movie. First off, if you haven't seen this movie, I don't know what you're sitting on and why you're waiting. It's 30 years old. It, begs to be watched. It's so much fun. It's got all the elements that I love in a, in a in a horror movie or much less a slasher. It's got a colorful villain. It's got great characters and it's set in a movie theater. It's one of my favorite subgenres or is movies that take place in a movie theater. I also love movies that take place with the, you know on a movie sets, movie that you know so you get that element of a movie within a movie. So it checks all those boxes. It's got great cast tremendous writing I mean the cast is just great I you know I I feel for uh, the original actress that got let go I I imagine it was quite a a disappointment you know for her to be on set with these people and getting you know a kind of family vibe going on and then being let go but I can't see it with anybody besides Jill Sholin in it and Tom Vlard you know again somebody taken from us way too soon he is a wonder to behold in this movie i think it's one of the most iconic villains to come out of the 80s or 90s you know or out of horror movies in general everything clicks so well in this movie the cast is so good i mean you got d wallace kelly joe minter i mean everybody somebody i think we didn't mention is uh it's just in a small part the uh william knickerbocker who plays the the landlord? Such a funny oh, fucking yeah. character. <laughs> that guy's like, guy something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's everything about it is it's got inventive kills. I mean, we have death by mosquito prop, and then you know we got electrocutions. We got the, I don't know what the hell uh, was that Toby did to old Leon, but he dropped like a a smoke bomb on the, the toilet. toilet. It, <laughs> yeah, and it, it just killed him. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but you know I like it. I like it. I'm just going to say that. But it's, it's, it's a colorful movie, man. It is so much fun. It's like you were saying earlier, you don't like movies that that are – Make are, you feel bad. Yeah, that make you feel bad, that are grungy and just like make – like I, I do. I love those kind of movies too. But when I want to watch a movie and I want to have a, a literal good time, Popcorn is one of the first ones that I think of.
3: What do you think of the Synapse release?
2: Oh, I love it. I remember when I picked this up at Cinema Wasteland, it had never, ever looked so good. I had only ever seen it on on uh, VHS. I had never seen it even on a DVD or even on a Laserdisc. My beloved Laserdisc, I had never even seen it. But, but when this box set came out, I, I, I was more looking forward to this. this. might be considered blasphemous by some. I was looking forward to this more than even the, the beloved uh, and much-talked-about. Suspiria release like now there's like three releases that I love that you all have have done and one is popcorn the other is Suspiria and then demons one and two but this movie it just it's so beautifully done so lovingly restored there's a reason why you guys are the best at what you what you do (laughs) you know Uh, I know some people may say it takes a long time for releases to come out but I'd rather wait longer and get served a nice fine cheesecake than get served a cheeto <laughs> right,
3: right, right. <laughs> i think know? most i think most fans of synapse are like that because there is a bit of patience involved because we make no there's no secret we don't hide the fact on this program too that it does take a while and we're very honest and open about that's because don's very thorough he's doing it himself because if he wants it done right in his opinion he's going to do it
2: yeah, he's doing he's doing the Dark Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> he'll,
3: he'll be he'll be he'll be curiously glad to hear that. <laughs> <I'm serious. laughs> uh, sure, yeah. Um, I really like it too. I, I enjoy it. I actually think that, and I'm not I'm not a packaging guy and stuff, but I, I do like the steel book. I think it's pretty.
2: I, I like the, the 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 front cover. Yeah, it's I like do a, too. The, the back cover, you know, that's got the traditional you know cover on it with the the mask with the teardrop. But I love the artwork that's on the first one that's on, are on the front cover is a great artwork and not even just the artwork but i mean the extras i know some people are, are, are not extras people some people just want to watch the movie i love good in-depth extras and that like midnight madness documentary is so fucking great i i learned so much when i first watched that when i brought that home a couple of years ago from uh cinema wasteland i mean it's got you know, uh, interviews with almost every living cast member in it, like a lot of people. And I love the the electric memories, the, the one that's the interview with uh, Bruce Glover. You know, every time I see one of these releases that y'all do, I know it's going to be the most comprehensive release that there is out there. Nobody else do, does it the way you guys do. And if anything, people, you're listening at home. And I, I don't work for Synapse, man. But get you a copy of this. It's worth the price tag, whatever it may be.
3: High praise indeed. High praise. Um, you mentioned while we were talking that you were just working on a film. Would you like to plug the title of that for people to look out for it?
2: Yes, uh, I would. It was for uh, Lost Bastards Productions uh, for uh, director Scott Tepperman. It was called Sequel, The Cruel Summer Part 2, uh, Cruel Summer 1. We shot uh, a year and a half ago and it was pretty successful, so they fast tracked a sequel and um i don't know when it's going to be released uh, we just shot last uh, in the last month here down in uh, balmy florida <laughs> <laughs> <All right.
3: laughs> where but, you going to go uh, for the summer ah wherever it's hotter
2: <laughs> yeah wherever it's like hotter because <laughs> yeah. i i just love swamp ass i, you know, I just do. but i yeah. play a character much like ray Walson's character in this he's kind of a uh, a purveyor of the arts. He's a, an artistic individual and very grandiose, very theatric. And his character's name is Dario. So I'll let you know, let your <laughs> minds go wherever they might go to who I was named after. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I have to thank uh, Scott Tupperman for letting me be a part of the film because he, he knows I'm, I'm not in the greatest of uh, physical shape, but he wrote me a little small part so that I could still be a part of the film. So it was really fun. Uh, it's a great little slasher film, but you can look forward to it coming out soon because it's already gotten uh, a distribution deal. So
3: tell so people, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show and as we've been peppering talking about, uh, I am a guest on Cameron Scott's podcast. Cinema Degeneration. Tell everybody, Cameron, where they can go to find your podcast and listen to it and give that a test run.
2: Well, I am hosted through uh, Podbean, but you can find us anywhere Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, you name it. Just type in Cinema Degeneration and you will find us. We do a bunch of other stuff and we're actually going to be, uh, I-, I can let the cat out of the bag. We're going to be starting up a YouTube channel with a uh, a YouTube podcast that I'm still in the planning stages of. We're going to record those here, probably come this fall, and I'm going to be releasing them in early 2023.
3: Great, congratulations! So yeah, onward so, and upward, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Just you know, if if you're tired of my tired of my voice well then you're gonna get really tired of
3: my face here real soon <laughs> <laughs> nice well uh you can also every now and then i pop in on cameron's show and we talk about a movie it's a little bit different than this show it's a deep dive into uh more of a, th- a theme like he'll, he'll do a, a, a series of shows about sequels he'll do a series of shows about this and that. i think the next one i might be doing with you is a series of shows about what standalone slashes not like popcorn Right?
2: Yeah, kind of like popcorn. And uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a couple of movies. I think we picked out uh, Rituals. Yes, yes, I One love that we movie. Picked out Which mm-hmm. I have actually... Only seen once, so Ooh. I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. But yeah, we're doing a couple of a good ones. We're gonna do, you know, we're gonna cover popcorn. Me and another person, we're gonna cover popcorn. So I'm gonna talk about popcorn again because I have no shortage time in my <laughs> life about talking about popcorn. But uh, we got about eight or nine different uh, shows that are going to be coming out that month.
3: Mm. Busy guy, your your output is much stronger than mine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it may I don't know if it's stronger, but it's definitely a little bit more plentiful. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, Cameron. Well I appreciate the time uh talking about popcorn with us today.
2: I appreciate you having me on, man.
3: Well again, good luck with the 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 film that's gonna be coming out and, and good luck with your continuing success with your podcast and everybody go check out check that out if they get a chance to.
2: Yeah, you can also yeah, you can hear not only myself, but we can hear yourself on there from time to time.
3: Well and I'm in a different I'm in a different role. So you hear a little bit of a different version of me. I get a little more, I don't know, more in depth, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, that's a good way of putting
2: it. Yeah. So,
3: well, I'm just, we're just freewheel of talking. You know, too, just about uh, movies, and it, it goes in crazy places sometimes.
2: So, yeah, <laughs> sometimes. What are you talking about? It's like <laughs> each, each time, every time, sir.
3: Right, right. <laughs> All right, Cameron. Well, thanks again, and we will talk to you
2: next time. Right, thank you, friend. Always a pleasure. Sir.
3: Once again, thank you, Cameron, and make sure and look for the Cinema Degeneration Podcast. Also, don't forget, September 13th, the standard edition release of Massacre at Central High. And October 25th, there will be the standard release of The Kindred and Satan's Little Helper. And always keep checking the website for new title announcements. And finally, if you have any questions or comments pertaining to this podcast, please email me at tim at Synapsefilms.com. Tim at SynapseFilms.com. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, and be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. I'm always oh, awesome. never get.